Well, grace and peace to you today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad all you were able to swim here today. Um, it's been crazy, hasn't it? Um, you have to be careful where you walk on the ground or else you'll fall into a, a mud puddle so, or, or a lake. I saw this one picture where it said, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, Michigan is now one great lake. I, I feel like that's accurate as well. As we enter into worship today, I want us to, to prepare our hearts and our minds to be thinking about what is to come. We're getting into the summertime, right? It's now this time where we begin to have all these things that we want to do. I know Amy and I always talk about we want to go camping, and yet we always get to the end of the summer and we say, oh man, we never did anything. <laughs> it went by so quickly. I want us to begin this worship today to begin focusing our hearts on what is to come. What is it that we hope to have throughout this summertime spiritually in our lives? What do we hope to learn and to grow in together as a family, as a church family, as individuals? And, and then to actually put into plan steps to, to achieve that. Because the only way we're going to do that, and we're going to kind of talk about that with the announcements here uh, in a little bit, is to just start putting something on the calendar, start putting something down on paper so that we actually feel like we have to do it. Today, though, as we enter into worship, I want us to hear the words and to, to do the call and response of Psalms chapter 130, 130 together. So let us read this together. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Let us pray together today. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation, the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching, that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. If you'll join me as we um, begin our worship and song this morning, our first song is Come As You Are. Um, I just love this one because, as the title says, just come as you are. Um, and, and God's there for us. So join with me as we sing. Come as you are. 
descendants from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted and rescue again. Come find a mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your Love. You 
You may be seated as we uh, have a couple of announcements to go through. Um, let's see here. A reminder for all those who did sign up for camp, please print off that little receipt at the end. The, the what? 
invoice. There's an invoice. Print it off. Get it to Kay so she knows how much to write a checkout for so that we can get those uh, so that when we go down to the camp, we have that ready to pay. Um, we have something like six people going, six, six children going down to camp. Yeah. Four, two this week, four next week. So that's awesome. Um, women's group, they are meeting Wednesday this week, but you are going to be meeting at our house uh, because Amy is not going to have a car because I'm going to be gone down to camp. Uh, so unless you want her to walk four or five months pregnant to the church um, in the rain because it's supposed to be raining all week. <laughs> I think Laura's on board with that. So, <laughs> so house. Um, youth group is going to be tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. Pastor Jessica will be here. She's filling in at St. John's this morning because their pastor is down at helping with the senior high camp. Um, but she'll be back here tonight. And then we will not have youth group the following Sunday because that's going to be July 4th, and we figure people want to make things explode instead of come to youth group where we can't make things explode. Um, insurance, liability, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> we are also planning a bonfire picnic on the 30th. That is a Friday starting at 6 o'clock and going till when people leave basically. We're going to have a bonfire. We're going to have food. Come and just enjoy time together. Um, and then also there's going to be a water play July 9th. So that's uh, in two Fridays from now that we are going to be having it. And that's starting at three o'clock for anyone who wants to come, mainly children. But hey, you know, Mike, if you want to put on a swimsuit and go down the slip and slide, I won't judge. Um, I, I will probably do the same. Uh, so, and that's starting at three, and again, that's going till whenever we decide to. We're going to have some food, uh, and if you want to bring a, a side to share, you can also bring that, uh, but we'll have some hot dogs and chips and drinks provided by the church. July 30th, did I put June? Oh, man, man, we're in June, July 30th, July 30th, please don't, know. I know, I'm sorry. You would have. I, I mean, we could still have a... <laughs> you can have a bonfire at the house. If, if it's not raining, you can have a bonfire at the house for the women's Bible study. I mean, it'll work. So, July 30th, please. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go ahead and we'll pray over the tithes and offerings as they have come in throughout the week. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for those who are able to give. We thank you for the many blessings, and we ask that you continue to, to help use these offerings and these tithes as they are given to the, the working of your church, both here locally as well as globally. I pray that you may bless us as we, we do what we can to give what we can to, to care for each other's needs. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I have a quick video I want to share with you all about uh, Guatemala, so check it out. 1904 was a year when Ford was advancing new designs for automobiles with the engine in front, and the Wright brothers built their new design Flyer 2 plane which advanced flight time to five minutes. 
It was a year that hinted at advancement in traveling greater distances, setting humankind on a journey. 1904 was also the year the Church of the Nazarene entered Guatemala. In missions, the Church of the Nazarene was beginning to attempt greater distances too. Who could have guessed the future of this small country in the history of the Church of the Nazarene? Since its beginning, the church in Guatemala has grown to 753 churches, a membership of over 93,396 ordained elders and 326 licensed ministers. 19 missionaries have been sent out from Guatemala. And in 2013, Dr. Gustavo Crocker was elected 41st General Superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene. Dr. Gustavo A. Crocker. As one of Guatemala's children and son of the church, it's a joy to see the growth of the Church of the Nazarene in this one of our oldest mission fields. Much has been accomplished in Guatemala in these 115 years. In fact, more than 800 alabaster projects have been funded in Guatemala since those early days, and an untold number of work and witness projects have been implemented. In fact, as an architect in my early years of uh, professional life, I had the privilege of participating in building and joining the construction of over 75 churches that were built by work and witness teams in Guatemala. But this has continued. In fact, in the last 10 years, the Church of the Nazarene in Guatemala has contributed over $112,000 in alabaster. What a privilege it is to serve in such a global community of faith. Thank you for all that you have contributed to the growing work of missions through the Church of the Nazarene, not only in Guatemala, but throughout the world. In fact, Guatemala was actually a mission field before the Church of Nazarene was actually established. Uh, the Church of Nazarene was officially established in 1908, and the work there began in actually 1904, when the Church of Nazarene was actually a couple different denominations working together. Um, so it's, at, it's been a part of our entire roots, this idea of alabaster, of, of caring for uh, everyone across the world has been from the very founding of our church, um, and even before that. So... Turn with me to First Samuel, or sorry, Second Samuel. We're in Second Samuel now. Second Samuel chapter one, verses one, and then verses seventeen through twenty-seven for the first reading today. It says, After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, David remained uh, remained two days in Ziklag. Starting at verse 17, it says, David intoned this lamentation over Saul and his son Jonathan. He ordered that the song of the bow be taught to the people of Judah. It is written in the book of Yassar. He said, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain upon your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not to Gath. Proclaim it not to the streets of Eshkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exult. Your mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you. No bounteous fields, for there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul anointed with oil no more. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, nor the sword of Saul return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. 
O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson in luxury, who put ointments of gold in your apparel, how the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. My greatly, greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of a woman. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. Join us as we continue to worship today. next song this morning is Before the Throne of God Above. So join as we sing. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in him he stands, no tongue can bid me thence dear. No tongue can rid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him. Corinthians 8, 
7 through 15. So 2 Corinthians 8, 7 through 15. But just as you exile in everything, in faith, or excel, sorry. That reads a lot differently that way. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved when you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of the Lord. And together we say, thanks be to God. Our next song this morning is As the Deer. Desire and 
have any children who would want to come up and hear a, a story? No? You're all content? You're all happy? You don't, you don't want to? Oh, yeah, I do have some people interested. Okay, well, let's, let's have a story time real quick. I have a question for y'all. How many of you guys like to ask for help? Or maybe you, you ask for your mom. Do you do that often? Timmy, do you like asking for help? I was going to say, maybe I should ask your parents if you guys like to ask for help. Do you try to do stuff on your own? Yeah. Oh. You, now, Catherine, you were saying you try it first, so then if you can't, then you go to your mom and dad? Yeah. How many of us try to do that? Or, or do, you just, do you just do it? And if you can't do it yourself, do you give up? Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Asking for help is a hard thing, don't you know? Adults have trouble asking for help sometimes, too. The story that we're going to be talking about today is where Jesus is traveling to a city... And he has two different adults come to him. One asks for help, and the other one doesn't. But he helps both of them. Why is it hard to ask for help? Because you want to do it by yourself. You want to be a big girl, right? Yeah. You don't need no stinking parents. You don't need them to be, you know, like, taller to pick things up or stronger to lift things. If you can't, if, if you can't reach things, ask for help, because if not, it might fall. Yeah. Yeah. So the big thing that we need to do is we have to learn that it's okay to ask for help. As children, it's okay to ask for help. When we get to adults, it's okay to still ask for help. Because we won't know everything. We won't be able to do everything. As much as we want to do everything or know everything, we can't. There's going to be things that we just aren't good at. And that's okay. We can ask for help. And what the big thing is that God wants us to always come to Him and ask Him for 
help in our lives, there will be things that we'll struggle with. And he wants us to ask for help. I don't know if that's going to hold all you guys. Those aren't put together very well. Why don't we go, why don't we have a seat on the floor? Because I don't know if that will hold you guys. I see it rocking. It, it's, it's old. Uh, it's, you'll, you'll understand the whole idea of creaking when you get older. Um, so we need to learn that it's okay to ask for help. And in fact, sometimes asking for help shows that we are more mature, that we are bigger, because we know that we just can't quite do it. So what's going to be something this week that you're going to ask for help on? Everything. Timmy's going to ask for help for everything. Are you going to ask for help to get dressed? No. no. Okay, so you're going to get dressed by yourself. Good job. Yeah, that happens. Yes, real quick. That's good. What if you come to a really big word? Okay, so you'll still ask for help. That's okay. I have to ask for help with big words too. Yeah, there's words that I can't read. So it's okay. I don't know. There's big numbers. So 200 is a big number? Yes, it is. All right. So this week, remember it's okay to ask for help. Okay? Ask for help from others. Ask for help from parents. Ask for help for God, especially if you're in your bed and you're scared because you hear a noise. It's okay. All right. Go have a seat, guys. And adults, it's okay for you to ask for help too. I don't want you guys to feel like you can't ask for help. It's okay. And I'm talking to myself more than anything else about that because I know I'm not good about asking for help either. Looking for something? I, it's because it's not there. It's invisible. When you're looking for something, you can't find it. It's because someone hid it on you. Oh, my mom used to get mad at me for that. I'd go into a room and it's right there. You didn't look. I looked. It didn't come out and bite me, so I didn't find it. Oh, memories. Well, as we move into the, the lesson today, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 5, and we're going to be starting at verse 21, and we're going to be going through the rest of the chapter, so we'll be ending in verse 43. And within this story, as well as the, the reading that we had from 2 Corinthians, we're talking about uh, three different ideas of giving that we're going to address, and we're going to look at how it plays a role in our lives and how, how we are supposed to give, as the title says, giving what you have. Uh, and, and what that looks like for us as a church. So if you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading of God's Word today in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. It says this, When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. 
Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhages stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of synagogue, he saw the commotion, people wailing and weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha, come, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, I pray that you guide us today in this discussion. May these words pierce our hearts. Holy Spirit, we ask that you, you come down and convict us both in our minds and in our hearts to understand what this story has for us and, and what it means to give of what we have. We ask all this in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. This idea of giving is going to be a, a challenging one because when we think about this idea of giving, it, it can start getting complex really quick. We can start thinking about what it means to give, and, and a lot of times people will go to this idea that giving is, is a monetary thing. I have to give money to stuff. That's, that's a, lot, a lot of what we hear, a lot of what we talk about. I mean, even within religious circles, you, you turn on any of the, the Christian channels, and it's like, you call this number, and 
give to support this. And then we have the time where we talk about tithes and offerings. And, and so it can get muddled in this idea that giving is boiled down to give us money so that we can dot, dot, dot. The problem is, is that giving is so much more than that. Yes, money helps things happen. Money helps pay the bills, keeps the light on, the heat, the cool, whatever it may be. Uh, but there's so much more that can be done when we talk about giving from a Christian standpoint. When the Spirit begins to move, there is something greater that happens within our lives. And here we have two women, one who's been suffering for 12 years from hemorrhages, and one who is just 12 years old, who is on the verge of death. The parallel of them suffering, the lady suffering for 12 years, and the girl being 12 years old should not be missed. Uh, think about that, ponder what it means that it was 12 years, plus the fact that the young girl who is on the verge of death is also on the verge of becoming a woman. In that culture, when you turn 12, that was when you could become married. That was when you basically would want to get married so then you could bear a lot of children. Um, it was a different time back then because I know some parents who are thinking, my daughter is 12 years old and you're cringing at that point because, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a lot. Uh, but that, that's the way it was then. And so here we have Two people, the, the daughter doesn't really count because she wasn't doing anything. She was lying in bed. She had no one, of herself, she wasn't doing anything, but she had her father, Jairus. And then we had this woman suffering from hemorrhages, both of them coming to Jesus, one very openly, one hidden. The woman who was suffering, she had to be careful because in this culture, she was considered unclean because she was bleeding. That made her spiritually, ritually unclean to the point where if she touched something or someone, she would make them or that thing unclean as well. And so to be in a crowd was a very dangerous thing because you didn't want to make other people unclean because then they couldn't go and worship God. They couldn't do uh, different spiritual acts. And then let alone to be touching someone who was considered a holy man like Jesus was a big no-no. First of all, women in that day and age were not allowed to talk to men that they were not related to outside of the home. They were instructed to be silent let alone touching another man that was not a relative of theirs. And here she does, sneaks through the crowd just to touch Jesus' clothes. Because in her mind, she believed that if I did this, everything will be okay. Now, this woman had already given so much of herself. Notice that it says... Uh, in verse 26, she had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had already given up everything. I'm beginning to understand her more and more as I've been going through my sleep issues, going to multiple doctors and, and facing all that stuff. It is becoming tiresome just because you always have doctor's appointments with who knows what this person's going to say, who knows what they're going to do. And it's just endless. And I've only been going through this for less than a year. I can't imagine 12 years trying to find out what is going on, trying to get healing, trying to, to have a sense of relief. 
and to spend everything that she has. Now, Jairus, the father to this daughter who is dying, he comes to Jesus and he does something that is extraordinary for him because he's a religious leader. And we know from Jesus' life and ministry that the religious leaders generally didn't like Jesus. They generally wanted to stay away from him because he was teaching that they were actually in the wrong, that they were being hypocrites, that they were, they were demeaning people and they weren't actually following God's word. And here... He comes to Jesus openly, publicly, and says, I need your help. Now, that was a big step for him, asking for help. You want to talk about asking for help for, for someone who should be hating Jesus, should be staying away from Jesus. And here, Jairus comes and asks for help, begged him repeatedly for help. Both of these people were giving up something of themselves. The woman was giving up what little bit of dignity she had left as a woman in this society by breaking every single rule that could have gotten her in so much trouble, possibly even death, because she worked through a crowd and touched a man who wasn't her relative to be healed. And Jairus, giving up his social standing as a religious leader, to have Jesus come and heal his daughter. All for the sake of finding relief. Then we have in 2 Corinthians the story. This is, this is even more interesting because here we have Paul. He is reminding the people that they began to take up a collection they began to do this good work of helping other churches, but then somewhere along the line, they, they kind of forgot what they were doing and they, they stopped doing the work. And so he kind of butters them up in verse 7 and says, now as you excel in everything, as, as you're, getting, you're getting so good in all this stuff, you're, you're, you're increasing in your faith and in your speech and in your knowledge and your utmost eagerness and in your love, you're, you're doing all these great things. I don't want you to miss this one other thing that you said you were going to do. And he says, I'm testing the genuineness of your love. Continue to do the work that you said you were going to do. Take up the offering, take up the collection, and send it to the church that you said you were going to help. Because they need it. And then when they are bountiful and you are in need, they will be able to help you. And, and what he's doing is he's, he's not just asking the church to give money to help the other church in need. He's, he's asking them to have some character, to have some decency, to, to live up to their word. All of this idea of what it means to give. What I want us to consider today is what is the Holy Spirit asking us, calling us to give today? What, what is it that we are supposed to give of ourselves? Because there's people who need what we have, even if we don't have much. Think of all the other people who hear the story of this woman who is healed just by touching Jesus' clothes. Think of how many people are given hope 
for their suffering when they hear her story. Of course, this manifests itself, like I said, in many different ways. It could be money. They, the thing that we are called to give, it could be money today. It could be uh, of our financial bounty. It could be, though, of our time, giving time to other people. It could be giving up control. I know as, as a parent trying to give up control for our children so that they can learn to do things more and more is very difficult. But sometimes there are times where we need to let them have the control, to let them learn and to grow. Maybe we need to give some extra love to someone today. Maybe we need to give some extra forgiveness. Or like the church in Corinth, we need to give our character, who we are, who we say we are, who we present ourselves to be. We need to give that to someone and, and be that person that they see us, that we proclaim we are, living up to our word. Some grace, maybe some extra attention, or a hand. Here in the story of Mark, Jesus is giving of himself, He's giving time. He is being present in people's lives. And this is, this is what is most critical and what we struggle with in our society the most is that we, we don't know how to be present anymore. We are rushing from one thing to another. We have a big to-do list that we need to get done. We have, we have all these tasks. Uh, we have all these ways that we can grow and, and get better and quicker and, and, and more efficient that's, that's why half of the things that are sold today, are, are sold, they're sold under this umbrella of do things quicker, faster, more efficient. But for what? So you can do more things, and you can do more things, and you can do more things? It, this idea of, of so much extra so that then we can live this lap of luxury never comes about. Because whenever we fill our lives with something that helps us be more efficient, we just find more ways to do more stuff instead of taking that time to be present with others, to be a part of them so that we can, we can give them the time or we can give them the control, the love, or the forgiveness that they need. Jesus is representing here today what it means to be actually present. When he stops in the middle of a crowd and says, who touched me? I love that. And I also hate it because I don't like crowds. I'm, I'm a, mm, I don't, I remember one time we were at a youth event back when I was a teen, and we were down in Detroit at, some, at, at the Lions Stadium, and it was all these teens together, and we were trying to exit, and I was in a crowd, and I wasn't walking. The crowd was moving me along, and I just had my feet up in the air. That is awful for me. I don't like that. Some people love crowds. I can't stand big crowds. It, it, it terrifies me. Uh, but I understand the disciples' question. Jesus, what do you mean, who touched you? Do you see all these people? Are you kidding me right now? But he's present in the fact that he knew something happened. And he wanted to address it. He didn't want to just continue on saying, oh, yo, someone was healed, but I don't know who I'm not. He stops and he wanted, to, he wanted to highlight this for the lady so that not only was she being healed physically, but she could be healed spiritually. Because then he says to her daughter, 
daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. If he was not present, if he was not stopping to actually address that, she would be like, okay, yeah, I, I got healed, but constantly fearing in the back of her mind, did I break a rule? Did, is he upset with me because I stole some of his healing power? Whatever it might have been that she was thinking, it, it would have been not as great of a healing moment than to hear Jesus say, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So maybe today what we need to focus on the most is how to be present in what is going on in our lives. To not be sucked in to everything else that can draw our attention, but to actually give the time to the people who are around us so that we can tell when someone is reaching out, when someone is desperately in need. I'm going to warn you all in the coming weeks, I've already shared this with the Sunday school class, but in the coming weeks, I'm going to be at the church camp for two of the camps. I'm going to be gone for a while. That means that I'm not going to be necessarily here to be present because I'm going to be spending time being present with the children and the teens that I'm going to help out with. Please have grace with me because Sundays might not be as a as cohesive. I might be a little bit extra scatterbrained because I'll be coming off from weeks of camp where I was pouring myself out for the children. Please allow me that grace as I try to pour myself and be present for them that I'm going with. Can we do that? I, I would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but that's what's necessary. Sometimes giving that grace to someone because you know that they're trying to go through something with someone else. They're helping someone else out, whether it's your spouse or a loved one, a family member, and you're just thinking, man, why are they being so spacey? Why are they being so short with me? Well, realizing that maybe they're helping out someone else and it's taking even more energy, so you offer the grace to them so that they can be that present help. One of the ways in which we continue to be a present help is through our prayers for the church family. John and Yovan uh, are, are doing better, but I want us to continue to pray for them. John had his surgery. He has his pacemaker installed, which is great, uh, but there's still a little bit of rehab that has to be done, healing from surgery that has to take place. We want to continue to be in prayer for, for everyone across the state with this rain. There is a lot of flooding. Uh, and, and all jokes aside about stuff, uh, there's a lot of people that are, are probably facing some sort of damage to their houses or to their property because of the rain. We want to continue to remember Sydney and Rod, praying for them during this time as, as they're just uh, taking each day as it comes with whatever comes of it. And we want to continue to remember a, a church, Grand Ledge Church in Nazarene is installing their pastor this Sunday evening. 
So they have, they have someone now that is, is coming into that role and actually coming back into the role. He was a previous pastor there. And we want to be in prayer for them. And we want to be in prayer for these camps as we begin to send students this week and next week. We want to be in prayer that they have a good time, that the weather is at least somewhat decent, and that uh, they're able to experience a, a, a enjoyment of playing with a lot of children their own age, as well as hearing the gospel proclaimed to them in a way that's both fun and engaging, as, as camp is always has been, at least for myself. We want to remember Dolores as well as she continues to uh, heal from COVID. And for all those who are gone, who are on vacation, who are traveling, we want to pray for them for protection. Let us, let us pray today. Let us pray that God works in these areas that we are struggling with, but also that God uh, will, will speak to us and, and show us ways in which we can give of ourselves more fully. What things are lacking? What ways can we be present and a help to others? So let us pray. Oh Lord, please continue to guide us. Help us, Father, as we worship you. May we Find out in our own lives what it means to give, to give of ourselves, whether it's giving up of some of our dignity, giving up some of this, this need to have a certain picture or idea of who we are, or giving up of our time to be present with someone else, giving up control trying to make everything work the way that we want it to work and the timing we want it to work. May we give up grace to others who need it, forgiveness and love and patience. Lord, I pray for Cindy and Rod. I pray for comfort in these days as each day is a mystery as to what new challenge awaits them. I pray for an everlasting comfort and healing in this time. And I pray for Dolores, for healing, for strength. Lord, be with all of the, the state as we have been experiencing so much rain. I pray for those who have had flooding in areas. Pray for protection, especially as this week looks to not be any better. Protect people on the roads. Be with those who cannot be with us today, who are traveling. Bring them back safely to us. And Father, we pray that you continue to heal John. We thank you that the surgery went well and that this new pacemaker might help his heart stay at a constant beat so that he can continue to, to live his life, to get out and to, to be a part of, of this community, Father. 
O Lord. You are indeed the healer of our ills. We bring to you, Lord, our bodies, minds, and spirits, hurting and broken by the violence, ills, trauma, and cares of the world, separated from you. Come to us now with your healing powers, O God. We ask that you heal us. Give us the strength, health, wisdom, and knowledge found only through you. Send your life-giving spirit so that we may live our lives with courage and the profound peace of your love. Come to us now with your healing powers. Breathe on us, O God, and make us whole. O God, we ask that you sustain those who seek to alleviate the pain and suffering of this world. Give strength, courage, wisdom, and knowledge to all doctors and orderlies, nurses and clerks, to researchers, psychiatrists, and all other medical caregivers, volunteers, and professionals. Send your life-giving spirit so that the, their ministries may be healing, bring healing, and promote health. And come to us now with your healing powers. Breathe on us, O God, and make us whole. Be also with those who work to heal the wounds of society and nations. Guide, protect, and strengthen our lawyers and police, chaplains and pastors, health care and social workers, politicians, military, diplomats, and all others who work for economic and social reform. Send your life-giving spirit that they may promote your love and grace. Bring healing to those in conflict and stability to those who are vulnerable. Come to us now with your healing powers. Breathe on us, O God, and make us whole. And God so loved this world and that this people that God sent Christ to suffer and die for us, accept now this gift. Know that you are forgiven, reconciled, accept, accepted, and loved. Breathe on us, O God, and make us whole. Amen. As we gather at his table, may we consider what a blessing it is that we don't have to push through the crowds. We don't have to try to claw at Christ. We don't have to try to wonder if we're going to make it. And we don't have to fear what others might think because his table is here for everyone. And so Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. Transforming God, we return unending gratitude for your limitless generosity. In the crucified and risen Christ, you show us the extent and cost of your love. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. He became what we are, that in the power of your Holy Spirit we might become what he is. 
you destined from the beginning that we might become your companions forever. And so we delight to join saints and angels and all the company of heaven gathered around your thrones, singing the never-ending praise of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Cleansing God, your touch and word turned death into life in the body of a young girl. And when a suffering woman touched the hem of your garment, you proclaimed that her faith had made her well. Come among us now in the same word and touch and restore the body, mind, and spirit of your church to life in your name. In the power of your Holy Spirit, speak over and touch this bread and this cup that we may find in them your healing and resurrection. And they may be for us the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, who at supper with his disciples took bread and gave you thanks, broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take this, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, and again, he gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. healing God. When your son raised the daughter of Jairus, he ordered that she be given something to eat. Make this meal one that anticipates the coming of your kingdom, where fear is turned to belief, sickness becomes wholeness, ridicule is changed into worship, and grief is transformed into dancing. Instill hope in your church. Raise up the fallen and disgraced. Lift up the downtrodden and renew your whole creation in the ways of justice and peace. That all the world may come to enjoy the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. In the grace of your Holy Spirit, in union with you, Father most merciful, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf, and the bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. 
And so let us come now and receive the elements together. When you are ready, you may partake of them either here at the altar or in the front row or back at your own seat. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves to others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Join us as we sing the closing song today. Your grace is enough.
Go out among the outcast and the grieving and speak the word of life and hope. Do not fear, but trust in God's word. Watch for the Lord with eager expectation and be generous with all God has given you. And may God respond to your, ever cry, to your every cry with mercy. May Christ Jesus take you by the hand and lift you to life. And may the Holy Spirit build you up in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in passion, and in love. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Go in the name of Christ. God bless you.